<laughs> Remix. Okay. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat the Science podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. Go ahead, say hello in a polite and cordial manner, Mike. Hello in a polite and cordial manner, Mike. Damn, oh ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's a, that's come, a classic. Come at Never us with that, old, that, that hot home alone humor. Uh, you're basically my Kevin McAllister at, at all times, Mike. <laughs> Oh, I uh, do like that. Yeah, okay, well, never mind. I didn't mean to you know, compliment you. In today's episode, we, we will go over the please. week's news, and then we're going to talk about Sony at E3 and kind of preview what they're going to have <laughs> at, this, at this year's show. Um, first, though, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, also, thank you to our sponsor, Intel. This show comes out every week. We're able to take time out of our dumb days to do it because we have a, a sponsor like Intel that enables us to release it for free. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at gamespluspodcast@venturebeat.com. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, more. I, I don't care actually where you get it. Just get it. Uh, just look for Games Beat Decides. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts and you know it, it'll help people find it. Uh, okay. Oh, one more thing. I think we should probably tell people about our, our little... Uh, NES controller giveaway thing right at the top so people can kind of understand what it is. Um, yeah, so, so for those lucky people that actually have an NES Classic. Right, exactly. So if you manage to get your hands on an NES Classic at some point, uh, if you were uh, smart enough to outsmart Nintendo and, and their devious attempts to keep you from getting something from them, to keep to keep you from buying one of their products. The second best-selling system of last month. <laughs> yeah. Um, what we what we've, we we have five wireless NES Classic Edition controllers. Uh, what we want to do is we want to give these away to some of you all. And the way we're going to do this is that email address I just gave out, gamesplusspodcast@adventurebeat.com. We want you to email us your memories of the NES, uh, kind of anything, uh, whatever comes to mind, whatever springs to Mike. Are you are you emailing right now? Are you trying to win the controller? No, I'm I don't editing. think. I'm, no, I'm, I don't. I'm trimming down the news section. He's lying. He's not. Don't worry. He's not eligible. He he, he can't win. It's going to be for you guys out there. Uh, so yeah. So just send those off to us at games plus podcast adventurebeat.com. Again, that is the plus sign. Uh, yeah, we just want to hear kind of what it was like growing up with NES. And if you okay, if if you're younger than that and you didn't have an NES when you were when you were younger, uh, maybe just your general Nintendo memories. We're not going to be too picky or stingy about this. So yeah, uh, send those off oh, to I us. Um, I'm going to disqualify people left and right until only I'm left and I win by default. I do well, not care what you just said about me not being able to win. I mean, if you do it in a Highlander style where there is only one left, literally, and it's just you and you've cut off other people's heads, Mike, I think I'll just give you a controller uh, out of fear. Uh, just plain fear. That... <laughs> there he goes. Well, what are we going What are we going to talk I about now? I inspire a lot of fear in people. Yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, if you're holding someone's head just for an NES controller, Mike, I'm going to do a lot of things. Um, we should probably jump into kind of some of the games we've been playing recently. Uh, sure. why, why don't let's do something a little different and let you start by talking about near automata. How about that? <laughs> oh, you're just making up for last week when you almost didn't let me talk about it. I, at all. I don't remember this. That doesn't ring any bells. That was funny. Yeah. So I just been, I've been playing, I got to play a lot of it this weekend and, uh, just, yeah, I still really like it. The cool thing this time is, um, I quote unquote beat the game for the first time. But, like, the setup of this game is, like, it's meant to be played through multiple times. 
and kind of each time you play through it again, there's something interesting and different, weird things happening. It's kind of a new game plus thing where, where you keep a lot of the stuff you got through the last game. And also a lot of the side missions you did, like, you don't do those again. So it's not as monotonous as it sounds, because when you're just kind of playing through the main missions, and, and I don't want to say, like, what the new and different things are, but with those things happening, it's still really cool to, like, play through it again, see that stuff. And again, since you're not doing, like, repeating side missions, it doesn't feel super like you're doing the same thing over again. So that aspect of it is actually, like, another really neat thing to it. Yeah, I, I was really surprised to hear that New Game Plus isn't just the same game over again where you keep all your items. No. It really is something different. I I mean, how is that not just, like, more of the game then? How is it? It, it kind of is what it is. Like, the game says it's over and credits roll, and then the game basically has a message like, hey, it's no. really, you're really meant to play it a couple more times. Like, you, I, from what I said, I don't think you really beat the game until you do it, like, at least three times or so. Right. And then there's, I, uh, I understand, like, five times the, is kind of how you really yeah. get to the end. Yeah, five times or so. And then there's even this kind of fun thing where, like, there are, like, all these other endings in the game that are almost kind of just, like, joke ones. Like, you accidentally, like, you kill an important character, and it'll be, like, a text window will come up, like, and then nothing happened because you killed that character at the end. And then, like, it'll literally, like, scroll through the credits, like, <laughs> and then just kind of put you back where you were. Yeah, I, I it's, really, kind of, it's just basically like a funny game over screen. Yeah, so there, there's like 26 endings, but a lot of the endings are that kind of stuff where it's sort of really yeah, I think quick. Five of them are like important. The, yeah, the real, the real stuff. I, I still, I think that's that's really clever. Um, it reminds it's me. It's really of, clever. It's really cool. It reminds me of like uh, taking something like uh, the one hit kills from Resident Evil Four, where you could like poke like the giant crocodile thing or whatever it was to make it eat you and stuff. If they had taken that to the to the extreme, and just said now the story's over. Uh, and giving you like a kind of a silly ending or whatever. Uh, that's right. kind of what this sounds like. So, yeah, I, I this is still that's a game fun. that I really know that I have to play uh, soon. Um, yeah, I think you'll like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm loving it. Yeah. So it's it's one. It's, that, it's just the same how many games I've played this year that I just like I love like straight up can use that word. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, we've said this on past past episodes, but I'm still feeling like. Uh, more than ever, 2017 is just the year where bad games are over. Um, something something happened where yeah. everyone everyone realized, like, oh yeah, we don't have to just put out crap. We can actually complete it, these games and turn out turn out something incredible. Uh, and everyone's doing that, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's even kind of happening. I think uh, like it's not just like AAA games or games from uh, you know Japanese publishers, which they're, they're having a really good year. Uh, indie games are also doing really well. I. I I think one of the best examples is one that's really popular on Steam right now, Dead Cells. I've just started playing this. Have you seen or played or tried any of this at all? Now, which one is this? Okay. Is this the Metroidvania that people are talking about, or is that a different one? It's the Metroidvania Rogue Light game. Uh, so oh, I, I never okay. play. I, I okay. I think I played like maybe a half hour of Rogue, Rogue Legacy, and I, I won't always kind of intended to go back and play more. I of liked it. Rogue Legacy a lot. So, so this is kind of like Rogue Legacy because I was a big fan of that. So I hear a lot of comparisons to Rogue Legacy. Like I said, I didn't play enough Rogue Legacy Ooh. to know if this is if, if this compares to that. Uh, I, I understand that the the format is very similar. So basically, what you are, you're a bunch of like dead cells, essentially, as the title implies. And the first thing you do is you take over this suit of armor. And, and you've clearly been here before. You don't know what happened. Uh, but you just need to explore this castle, sort of Metroidvania, Castlevania-style environment um, and go as far as you can. And as you are collecting items, you can pick up almost any item at any time. 
but it's it's very random. The drops are very random. Uh, but what you could do is you can collect permanent upgrades, and these upgrades, uh, if you spend your souls on them, or cells, I think they call them, uh, to, to purchase these upgrades, the next time you die, you will more likely find a more powerful version of a lot of these weapons. And the weapons are very cool. The combat's very interesting. Uh, but there's this permanent yeah. sense of progression. When you do die, however, it is... That's that's very Rogue Legacy. Right. Like. And, and, yeah, and, good. and the Castlevania, you know, the, the Metroidvania environment does change. It is random, but it doesn't feel doesn't feel random. I guess it's procedurally generated. There's a difference between procedures and random. Uh, and it doesn't, doesn't have that randomness element to it, which I, I appreciate. It does feel deliberate. Now, now w- w- go ahead and ask your question. Ahead, now. No, no, ask your question. Well, now, so, to other stuff. And this is an early access game still, right? Yeah. It's uh, like $16. I think right now, I think they were selling it for $14 for a little while. Uh, early access. They say it's about 80% done. And uh, I believe it just cause how, it just it's really polished. So it's got this 16-bit, 32-bit uh, visual style. Your main character's pixelated, but he's m- more. There's more fidelity to the animation. Uh, it's the a really movement. nice looking pixelated look. Yes, it is very very cool looking. The animation feels very great, and just moving around the world, you have a double jump from the very beginning. Uh, you just feel so powerful in the way that you can get around jumping around uh, and jumping right into combat from like moving around and seeing that the sword and you, you know how the sword's going to going to work because you've used it a lot and you've, you've tried it a lot. So you, you know, you, you do your double jump, you see some enemies down there. Uh, you do your sword attack immediately. You roll to avoid their attack. Uh, you do some more attacks. It's uh, it just looks and feels so really like polished i think is the word so uh i'm i'm impressed that this is an early access game that it's uh another roguelite that i thought I f- you know you feel like that genre is getting played out uh but this one i if you think it would but man those games are just always yes. so fun they always work so well with indie developers for some reason like like it seems to be a genre that triple people like don't touch at all anymore but there's always these great indie games i know the one that i see what i thought this was at first when you're talking about it is hollow knight which is another right. uh, one from this year that everyone's talking about is, a lot. Is Flint Hook also a roguelite? Uh, Flint Hook's another one people talk I about. I don't know about I don't know about Flint. It's Hook. like Bionic Commando. Owlboy is one. Okay, yeah, see, there's yeah. a ton of them. Owlboy uh, is like another one that, that was last year, and they just announced that one for Switch. And that's kind of my feelings on this Dead Cells game. Is this sounds really cool? I'm gonna wait for it to come on Switch because right. it just sounds like something that game, but, like these Metroidvania games are like make so much sense on that platform. I've already played one, the uh, that Wonder Boy remake. It was just so not, so nice to play that game on there. Yep, and if this was on the Switch, I, I don't want to like say that every time one of these games happens, but really that's going to be how I feel every time I play one of these games where, for, yes, if this was on the Switch, I would be playing it games, nonstop. Yeah. Indie, to, indie platformers should be on the Switch. If you're making one, like I feel like you just got to make that happen. And like I said, they said Owlboy is happening. I think I ha- Hollow Knight is happening. I don't know if it's like super official. Like I think they just said they wanted to, mm-hmm. which I guess everybody would say they would want to. But yeah, it's like just these games just make sense there. Yeah, um, I, I don't. There's not too much else to say about it other than I really am enjoying it. I uh, I could see why when you watch a video of it, if you see someone on YouTube or Twitch playing this game, why a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's 14 bucks right now. I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy it right now and shoot it to the top right. of the Steam charts. 
uh, it does have that distinct visual style, and it and it has the gameplay to match. I've been really impressed with it. Uh, the combat is very varied. I think that's the last thing I would say about it, is that um, you get into a lot of situations with a lot of different kind of opponents, and they have a similar look. Some of them do, you know, do end up looking quite a bit different, but a lot of them look similar. Uh, but they all play very differently, so you're never getting into stale combat at least so far, you know, I've played a couple hours, uh, but you're not getting into stale combat encounters where you're doing the same thing over and over. You ha- you're always going to have to think, and that's very, uh, I-, I find that very exciting, and it keeps me wanting to go back and doing another run and another run. Uh, Mike, oh. speaking of combat, oh. Injustice 2, you've been playing that. This is one that I'm trying to hold myself off from buying because I really want to play through the story mode. I think I should just, I think I'm going to go to like a red box and actually rent, rent this game. It um, is a good red box game because yeah. I think for a lot of people, that is the experience. Like it's, I think, you know, having people over playing Injustice 2, that's fine. And it does that very competently. But like the cool thing about all these Nether Realm fighting games, the same people do the Mortal Kombat. It's something they started with Mortal Kombat that, that reboot in uh, was it 2009, 2011 or something like that, where they just had these really cinematic story modes. And it's just like, a, you know, it tells like a full story of all these different characters. And you kind of like, you start off as like one character and it's told from their perspective and you like maybe fight four battles that are framed around the story. Then it jumps to a different character. Now you're playing as them. Right. So it's this really cool way to try out a lot of the characters. And again, there is like this full-on campaign it's not like like we're so used we were so used to in fighting games the story mode just being like the arcade mode basically mm-hmm. right where you've, you've picked the character you fought through ai opponents and like maybe in front of or at the end of some of them there'd be text boxes like saying some things and that was about it uh the video went off is that okay yeah, uh, yes it is i'm sorry i'm trying to say bandwidth on my side sorry that's okay. I, I was scared for it. Yeah, I know. I, f- I figured that but would. I was, it, I was debating whether or not to tell you something, but yeah, uh, we're gonna. I was yeah, just, I was like, oh, I'll no. just risk it. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, the game. Yeah, so the, what you just described, and you know, they've done this in their a lot of the Mortal Kombat games, like you were saying, uh, where you jump around from character to char- character to character, and you get this story. Um, it's something that I, I always doubted would be very appealing, even when I heard people continually expressing love for like Mortal Kombat eight and nine. Uh, and t- you know, X or whatever they call it uh, in the first Injustice. But the more that I keep hearing people really getting into these games, especially the story mode, um, and the more I see visuals of how good these characters look, um, I, I'm really, this is what's making me want to go out and actually play it. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, is the story as compelling as, as a lot of people make it sound? Is it just sort of a fun popcorn game or I mean, which is still I mean, okay? It, well, it's which is still okay. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun in a popcorn way, but it's 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 entertaining. It's cool and it it's, it does neat stuff. So like the whole thing with Injustice is it takes place in this alternate universe where Superman basically went crazy and became like the ultimate villain. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of the universe, and that was kind of the story of the first game and it kind of had this thing too where like people from the regular dc universe are coming in and trying to like help basically Mm -hmm. and the cool thing about this one is it's just all this injustice universe which kind of works better it's a little less convoluted and a lot of fun is kind of just seeing like these like hey superman's evil and who is aligned with him and you know whatnot then the real i mean it's like the story is cool it's it's fun it's you know more interesting than Batman versus Superman or something like that. A low bar, but still, it's nice that it clears that one, yeah. Right. 
the the really interesting thing this time around is the facial animations yeah. that they somehow it's eye catching, especially on gifs and like quick little videos on Twitter and stuff. I'll tell you what though, you see it in a in a gif, and at first you're kind of like, oh, is that that's almost kind of weird. Yeah, that's what this is. Like, what, this was gonna be my question: Is it weird? No, when you're playing it like yeah, in the game, so cool. it just looks fantastic. It, it looks so good. It's just, it's just. It, I mean, it's distracting and only that it looks good, not in that it's like some kind of uncanny valley thing or, or what have you. In fact, like with this, like action sequences look better in something like Injustice than they do in a movie. Because in a movie, it's you know Superman fighting Batman. It's ultimately like an actor turning into a CG character yeah, CG flying man. around all of a sudden. Right. This, you know, here's the character model, and hmm. it's presented that way throughout the. It's kind of like how stuff works better in like CG movies sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because there's more consistency. There's more consistency here, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and this obviously just turns into an actual fight. And even those still have these cool cinematic moments. But yeah, like it, it's kind of like how when LA Noir happened, we're like, oh, that's how faces are gonna kind of look now. And then it, it yeah. didn't really happen like that. It's like that first game since then to have that much like range. And in fact, sometimes it's even like I feel like the voice actors aren't matching the quality. <laughs> the, and like like a, a voice line will not be delivered very intensely, but like the face is conveying all this extra emotion that I feel like, hmm. oh, man, the, the animator is actually doing more work here than the actors. I, that, that, I really love that. So, OK, so you like the single player. Uh has this been one of the games that's maybe taking time away from Tetris, uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris and stuff like that when you have friends over? For like, like, no, I haven't played it. I haven't really played it compa- like with friends like that. Really, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is like fighting games, especially. It's such it can be such a barrier of entry for. It, it's one of the worst genres to play against somebody who knows a lot more about what they're doing than you, right? right. Like if I, I could play, you know, Call of Duty with you, and that's fine. It doesn't matter how much better I am than mm-hmm. you, in a way, even a MOBA or something like that. If I'm playing you one on one in a fighting game. There's really no way to like make it enjoyable for you except for me to like basically have less fun myself on purpose because I'm going, you know, I'm like trying to teach you yeah. or I'm like trying not to like, you know, beat you too badly and stuff like that. And it's not like a it's not like I'm that good, but there's there are so many tiers to fighting game prowess and it's like you can't like you can't be on this tier and have fun playing with somebody on this tier, let alone like this tier or then that yeah. tier. It, yeah, it's it's completely and, incompatible. I mean, well, they they do. That's yeah, just a problem with the genre, right, really, I guess. They, apparently, they do try to make some leaps towards fixing that. There's um, equipment, and you can make your character more powerful by attaching certain add-ons and stuff. And mm-hmm. I guess you could set it up so that there's you know also a handicap that makes those attachments more powerful. So someone who isn't as good maybe has more health or something. Yeah, uh, you, you always had a thing. But yeah, it, I can Like I like fighting games. It's just like the ones that I play with my friends, it's always Street Fighter because people are used to Street Fighter yeah. and Smash Bros. Because, yeah, <clears throat> partly because I've had like a group of friends I've been playing the Smash Bros. games with for like 15 years yeah, now. Yeah, you're not alone. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, Smash Bros. is mm-hmm. probably even more everyone knows it than Street Fighter at this point. Mm-hmm. And this is so, yeah, you have those two archetypes, and this is the, the Mortal Kombat archetype, which people get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just it, it's never a thing like let's. You know, three times this week, come over and play Mortal Kombat. Right. Yeah. I th- and I think that's why it's good they have this campaign mode because it gives you a reason to care about the game, even if you don't care about that stuff. Right. And I think this is the one that's finally going to convince me to say it's okay to do that. It's okay to just care about that campaign because uh, mm. uh, they are doing some interesting stuff and it looks phenomenal. 
Now, and the other interesting thing about the game, real quick, is that it just has straight up loot boxes like Overwatch style. Right. Yeah. And this is the equipment I was talking about. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And I mean, that's all cause. It's like it, it has like a practical effect. But almost even more importantly, I think for a lot of people, is that it is cosmetic. You can get like the different outfits for characters, which works really well for something like a superhero game because all these characters have had all these different outfits, right? So yeah, sure. Get, make loot boxes for that. Yeah. Well, I downloaded it on mobile and I played it for like half a second before I saw that the uh, all the cutscenes weren't they were just the text and so I'm like well I'm not going to play through this story and get it all ruined uh, and not yeah, have I want to go for that mobile but, but it made me realize it's like this is uh, maybe the first time I know that they've had Injustice on mobile and Injustice on the console at the same at the uh, same time before but I don't know if they've launched at the exact same time yeah, I'm not I, sure. I think they've done the same thing with Mortal Kombat with these mobile versions. Yeah, and I, yeah. maybe they've maybe they've launched them at the same time. But it's like this is like the one uh, series, at least, or the one developer that really gets just how different these audiences are, and that you can release a sixty dollars packaged Mortal or you know Injustice Two, and have it have loot boxes inside of it, and it's going to be just fine, even if there's a free to play mobile version, because that audience, those audiences, just. I mean, yes, I play mobile games yeah, a different. little bit. But I'm looking for something very different than someone who doesn't own a console and doesn't own doesn't play PC games. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it makes me. I want to like think about that more and explore that more and maybe see what other do- developers do in the future with this. But uh, for now, it's it's interesting to see that at least NetherRealm sees this and it's working for them. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike. I think I'm going to talk about Danger Zone now. This is the new crash mode game from uh, from right. the developers uh, that used to they, they founded Criterion uh, now they work at Three Fields Entertainment they founded that studio they did Dangerous Golf which I didn't like very much it was kind of I, I, I think a lot of people didn't like it it was half-baked much. you know it just didn't um, it didn't have a lot of oomph when you hit a golf ball into a bunch of glass or whatever you would expect the camera to like pan around and flip and uh, make everything seem really exciting and it was really dull and then you also didn't really understand how you were supposed to improve your score it just it was it was half-baked danger zone however is incredible it is so good it is easily as good as the burnout crash mode uh in burnout 3 takedown i think it was uh, which was kind of yeah famous way back on xbox and playstation 2 uh forever ago now and we haven't had like they've tried i think they tried to make a mobile version of it and it just wasn't the same thing uh and in the, in the in the driving racing car genre, we haven't really had this this any game really come in and fill the gap left by Burnout. Uh, Burnout Paradise was a huge thing for I think for a moderately sized audience of people, and it wasn't apparently that's not good enough for EA. EA is like we're going to focus instead on on Need for Speed, and we're going to take Criterion put them on that. We're going to make Ghost Games focus them one hundred percent on Need for Speed games because they sell better. Um, and Criterion sort of shriveled up, and they, they created this Three Fields Entertainment, and now we are left with pretty much just Forza Horizon and Need for Speed uh, and the simulation. The crew, too. Yeah, the crew. Yeah. Um, oh, my God, yeah, they're making a crew, too. But sure none of these games feel... And, and, you know, I love Forza... They don't, they don't scratch that. Yeah, Forza Horizon 3 is a great game, but it's not, it's not Burnout. It doesn't feel like Burnout. It's a different thing. And when you go back and you play something like Danger Zone... And it has that feel, and it so by that I mean when you slam the car into another car to cause huge chain reactions, which is the point of the game, uh, to you know cause as much damage as possible. That feeling of still having the aftertouch control on on the 
car so you can move it into another thing to cause another chain reaction. And the way the camera slows down to give you time to like adjust and aim and figure out where you should go next. Um, and building up combos to the point where you can then get a smash breaker and cause an explosion and get even more damage and chain reactions. Um, it's just, it's so satisfying. It's so, it's so kind of what I want in a video game. It reminds me of uh, this genre like uh, Trials and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater where you're just like going, you're throwing yourself at the physics of this world over and over trying to maximize and squeeze out and eke out every last point from every last opportunity because you begin to like see the world and the way it works. Um, and you just, yeah, you just start the level over and over and drive this car into the, into a pile of other cars over and over. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's not out yet. I think it comes out later this week. May, maybe it's next week, May 30th. And it's, uh, it's going to be cheap. I think it's gonna be like $13. Uh, and they don't have a ton of content, which I think is the reason that's the case. And I've only played like the first third. I think they've, they're going to unlock the rest for us later. I just played a preview version. But I got to a point where I was playing levels like 40, 50 times trying to, because there was a, a few other people playing. And I had a leaderboard and I could see who was, I, I knew some of the people who were playing and I was trying to beat them. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get this top score. And I got the top score on a bunch of the levels. Uh, and yeah, it just feels so good. Uh, it's it's. I didn't realize. I always thought like, okay, crash mode that probably wouldn't work anymore. I probably wouldn't want it, and I was so wrong. Uh, this is uh, absolutely what yeah, I. Yeah, just like you're saying, but I realized how much I missed that because I, I I loved Burnout Three in that crash mode, and yeah, and there really hasn't been something like the closest I've had to something like that was a uh, split second that Xbox 360 yeah. racing game that didn't go anywhere. People did not right. care nearly enough about because it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. But even that was still a racing game, whereas this is like full on that crash stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and it makes me want them to like uh, take the the engine that they've built here, um, which I think it's an Unreal, but the racing engine uh, and the crashing engine, and bring it back into a racing game, which is you know Burnout was always both, uh, and not always both because mm-hmm. uh, Burnout Paradise didn't have a crash mode. Um, That's, and that was kind of like Burnout, Burnout Paradise was a really cool game in different ways, but I always yes. was kind of bummed how less crashy it yeah, was in general. And then, you know, and it served, yeah, yeah, it served a different purpose, very cool in its own way. But that crash mode being absent was always kind of uh, it always rubbed me the wrong way, and it never felt complete uh, for me as a Burnout game. Uh, so yeah, I, I would love to see this game just do really well to the point where the developers can say, okay, yeah, now we're going to take some of this money, reinvest in the game. And here's like another, you know, $10, $13 pack where like now we're now you can go ahead and race with other people on tracks and uh, cause the same sort of explosions. Um, yeah, because they nailed it. I'm really happy with it. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's a game that if anyone that likes those that those crash out mo- those crash uh, modes, they'll have to try this one. Um, last game I, I, I talk about a lot. God, you're talking, uh, man. I'm gonna. This reminds me of back when AJ wouldn't like stop talking about like rock band every yeah. week or something. Well, um, I'm only gonna. This is gonna be real quick. Just PUBG. I, I'm at a point with it. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, uh, which I've, I'm on a first name base with, or you know, nickname. I'm gonna call it PUBG Apparently. now. Oh uh, yeah. PUBG. Yeah. Um, I'm at a point where I'm gonna say to myself, I'm not gonna play it anymore until they fix some of the lag. It's gotten oh. really out of hand. Uh, I, I'd say like. 90% of the time, 9 out of 10 games, literally, I'm dealing with rubber banding. You know, the jumping around where you, I'm trying to go in a right. door and my character's like fl- well, flinging left it, and it right. Must be pretty, it must be pretty difficult for this like tiny little yes. game to get as much attention as it's yeah. getting. It's like the poor thing. Yep. It's way, like, like, I mean, even if they were expecting to sell well, I, there's no way they could have been expecting 2 million in sales. 
Uh, and no. it's probably it's probably getting close to three million by now. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people playing, and I'm sure like the reason that I'm I'm, I'm probably just in a, a raw place for you know server selection. Denver's probably maybe they just they favor the West Coast or they favor the East Coast or maybe they favor Texas, and I'm, maybe I'm in Denver and that, so I'm getting left behind sometimes. Uh, but they they are probably yeah yeah. I mean I deserve it. I've been I've lived a I've, <laughs> I've led a terrible life. So, uh, but yeah. they've basically said that they're going to fix the lag. That's one of their primary things. They've also fixed a thing where oh, like sure. the aiming uh, was off from where the barrel was actually looking, which is a really terrible thing. Actually, I, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah, huh? <laughs> so they're fixing that. That's coming out this week. So I'm kind of like I need to just step away. So I, I quit getting so frustrated with the game, and I'll come back and uh, play it some more. Although, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that game in like a year or yeah. so. A year <laughs> might even be generous with some of these early access games, but yeah, someday, man. I don't know. I, if there's another big like huge update where maybe they have a new map, I might rope you in again and make you play. But we'll see. Until then, for sure. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's that does it for uh, the games we've been playing. We're gonna hop into the news real quick. We'll do this uh, pretty quick. Then you know we'll have a break and come back and we're gonna talk about. Oh, I just lost Mike in the video. Uh, I'm here. You're still okay. Well, you're still in the uh, podcast, uh, the cast thing, but you're not in the video. Um, mm. But that's fine. We can just keep going. All right, so we're gonna jump into the news. Uh, first things first. Red Dead Redemption Two is now coming out in spring 2018. Uh, are you at all surprised by this? A little, I guess. I don't know. It's like, I don't follow Rockstar close enough to know, like, how usual delays like this are, because I don't care that much about Grand Theft Auto. But this is a pretty big game. It's... We haven't heard a whole lot about it since announcement, which seemed kind of normal-ish, because you figured they're waiting until E3. That's kind of my question now. It's like, are we not going to be seeing as much of this game at this E3 as we kind of all counted on, maybe? I wonder if that's what this means. Uh, I... Yeah. Rockstar doesn't always doesn't usually have a lot of presence at E3. I think that's sure. I think that's what happens. So I guess we shouldn't be expecting it anyhow. But uh, this I, I'm not surprised at all. I mean they are their games always take forever. They always get delayed. Um, saying fall 2017 is just uh, with, with kind of that the trailer trailer that they had and not a huge like game reveal with a lot of gameplay and stuff. It always felt ambitious and like it was never going to happen. So this doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm sure it'll still be great. But honestly, it's like, okay, thank God. Thank God it's that not coming out this year because maybe I can actually get some other games finished <laughs> right. uh, before the end of 2017, before like this causes the same sort of domino effect in 2018. It, it was going to be one of, like, if not, you know, like the big game this uh, fall. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a hit in a way, but... Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yep, we'll, we'll see what happens now. Kind of other things will take those. Yeah, spots. for sure. Um, Destiny Two had a big reveal last week. Uh, we had a lot of coverage on it. Um, it's going to be coming mm-hmm. to Blizzard's Battle.net, you know, whatever they call it now, the Blizzard app. Yeah. Um, and it won't be using dedicated servers on the PC. Uh, it's all you know. Of course, it's also coming to PlayStation Four and, and Xbox One. Uh, Mike. How are you feeling about Destiny? I know I think you wrote something about how it's got it yeah, has you excited. It's, uh, so what is that? It does. I think it looks. I think it looks just like like some people are saying. Oh, it looks like Destiny one point five. I, I dispute that a bit, and I get that because like they're saying like, oh, look, the UI looks the same, the engine looks the same, but all that stuff was never the problem with mm-hmm. Destiny, anyways. Like the whole point, the whole problem with Destiny was just that it was kind of boring and dreary and just not very exciting. 
And just the, the things you see already, like, oh, there's actually a story with, like, an, a simple plot and a bad guy. That's nice. Just the locations that they show, they all look really interesting. Whereas, like, Destiny 1, the locations were Russia, which, like, a abandoned Russia, which was kind of, again, it was like I was playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, you know? Uh -huh. It's like that look again. Like, okay, cool. And you went to the moon, and it, and it was the moon, all right, you know? Just, just not very exciting. And now you're going to, like, Titan, and it's this, like, weird place built on this methane ocean, and you're going to Io, and it's another, you know, gas giant moon planet that's been terraformed. It looks really alien and really weird. Uh, so that stuff specifically looks uh, pretty cool. So it's uh, – but it's so, so it's like it's ahead. the story. It's the fact that they are doing maybe more varied environments. Is there – Well – Is there anything about – okay, The no, clan ahead, stuff yeah. and whatnot, like like the fact that like they're actually going to have a clan support and that you can do raids even yeah, if you're – you, cool. There is some – there's some form of raid matchmaking even though they won't call it that. But it's basically that. Where as long as like – I think like two people who are in a guild together can start up like a search or like a queue right. to – a room basically to get more people in for who aren't in the raid. Uh, the guild so i think that's cool so like quality of life stuff story um uh varied environments are you are you excited because maybe they worked out their their content pipeline and there will be more regular content updates is that something that bothered you about destiny one that uh i'll tell you what it is a problem i don't know if that's suddenly fixed I feel like these, I feel like the guys that they've been racing to make all this content since that game. Yeah, I mean that, that, no that was that was always the story though. Is that the first game had such trouble getting regular content out because the all the tools were were fucked up. They did they, you know, they took forever. Like you would go and try to have something ready and try to test it out, but you'd have to render it overnight for it to be ready the next day to try it out. So they couldn't make quick iterations. Um, and if they fix the tools, which I, I, my understanding is that was the goal of, De of Destiny 2 and making this whole new game. Uh, so let's just go on the, the assumption that they did fix that. Um, well, that'd be nice. Is that, is that like a game changer for you as a sequel? Is that enough for you to be like, yeah, this is well exciting? It'd be, it will be exciting if it's bundled with some kind of better monetization plan. They're definitely... Like, th that first year of Destiny 1 with the season pass for those two little expansions was, was kind of awful. Yeah, I don't think uh, they'll do that again, but who knows. No, I really hope. Like, I I'm not so naive to think that they'll just give all the content for free. They're, they're, they're not. I wish they would. I, be, I think it'd be better for the game. Well, it wouldn't be better I if they did, like, a, a World of Warcraft style where they do those smaller updates for free, call it an update. And then and, and it, they do do some. And then do the raids do as, the, as the download, uh, like, the raids as the pillar um, where. Well, even the raids are often, like, yeah, the, the free updates. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's hard to say because like that—that's always kind of the understanding when you buy an extension of World of Warcraft is that you kind of, you're buying access to content, even though there's a monthly subscription, so it's different. But you're buying access to content for a couple years, mm -hmm. basically. And the Destiny, you, you don't even really know what you're getting. You're basically yeah. getting what's in that box, and then that's it. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the big things. Uh, you don't know what you're getting, and I, a lot of people do know what they're getting. They're happy with what they got originally. Destiny Two is going to be just fine for them. Although I do hear a little, some rumblings that oh, this is just Destiny One Point Five, which I, I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, like I, you know, it's there's a lot of sequels that look like their predecessor. Yeah. And they're not necessarily you know One Point Five. I mean, but it, I think people so. are just like. No, this is a disappointing sequel. Like, the, there's a, a difference there, the, the distinction they're making that I don't. I think some I people had understand. out of control 
expectations that like this was going to be like a World of Warcraft size like thing all of a sudden right. now. Yeah, and that's which was not going to happen. It was never going to happen. So yeah, I, I think yeah, I yeah. think you're right. That's where a, a lot of that's coming from. Uh, but basically, I, what you laid out there, I think that's. Uh, you touched on a lot of the things, a lot of the complaints that I would hear from Destiny players, uh, that all the story was buried in the Grimoire cards, and now it's going to be... Yeah, no Grimoire cards. Yes, that, that's such a, a smart thing. I mean, that's not smart. It's like right. table stakes. You have to do that. Yeah. But uh, but still, like the fact that they are doing it, they recognize it, they're hitting all these things, uh, I think Destiny 2 seems like it's on the right track. I mean, some of my... Like, as much as I always criticize Destiny 1, especially the vanilla version of that game, I had fun playing mm-hmm. it. And it was a fun thing to play with my friends. And it was hard to get them. It was hard even to get them into Taken King. Only AJ came back to me out of like the five or six people I was playing with. And then with that second expansion, like the one last year came out, like no one came back. Right. So at least this is like you know everyone's gonna be playing this game again. It's gonna be fun. I even have some friends who are interested in it for the first time because of the PC aspect. So I think it'll be interesting. I mean, there 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 isn't anybody who really is doing like a triple A shooter MMO. Right. It's like it's still even after all this time, kind of like this unexplored space or space that nobody's really done I mean, very well. Ubisoft, kind of the division was uh, is on that, and the division was basically just a worse, uh, even like a worse uh, version of right. Destiny. So, yeah. um, whatever. And then there's the rumor Bioware doing something similar. We'll see what the, how that turns out. But um, yeah, I, I think the, the the path that you described there, where you had your friends falling off of the Destiny expansions, is the reason why they made Destiny two and didn't just keep working on Destiny even beyond anything else. They needed a reason to get people back in at Ground Zero, and that was it. So yeah, okay, moving on. Splatoon two single player trailer. I just wanted to kind of bring this up because hey, single player confirmed for Splatoon two, which I wasn't what I not, I don't think it was guaranteed it was in the game before this trailer, right? No, but I'm very happy yeah. because I was I was a big fan of Splatoon 1's uh, single player. And like as soon as this trailer came out, I finally heard people being like, yeah, Splatoon 1 actually had really good single player. I'm glad it's back in this You were one. definitely one of the champions of that. It was a big part of, uh, big part of yeah. your review when you wrote it. I, heard, I saw other people really liking it. But yeah, I, I, uh, I liked it too. I never finished it. I think I got up to the like the last part of it, the last boss or the last uh, level. I actually had a really I know, good I, I'm, final I'm, boss. I, I, I might actually team. try to go back and, and beat that now. But um, uh, so yeah, I'm happy about this. This is this is good. Splatoon deservedly known for its multiplayer, a very good multiplayer game. But that single player campaign didn't get the respect it deserved. So I'm glad Nintendo wasn't like, oh, we don't even need it, uh, because I it, I think they do. They do need it. Uh, they I think it, yeah. It, it, I think it helps that package. You need you need something to kind of, especially you need something to play when you're traveling with a Switch and you don't have an internet connection, which oh, I think yeah. a lot of people will be in that situation. Although I, mm-hmm. I'm totally just going to tether my my shit to my phone. Um, you don't want to talk about South Park? It's nah. Let's skip this one. Yeah, well, a South Park game's been delayed. Again. Yeah, wow. yeah, totally. But I, I just think it's funny. I, I, you always hear that uh, Matt and Trey like kept delaying the first game because they kept writing new stuff, and I, I just wonder if that's what's happening here. But yeah, we don't have to say much more beyond that. So Google had a, a thing last week as well. They announced a standalone VR headset that doesn't need a phone, it doesn't need a computer, and it's. Uh, a, a new version of the HTC Vive that they're making with HTC. Is this something that appeals to you in any way? I, I um, a little bit. I mean, I don't have any kind of VR that I own. This is like, and I don't really have the, I don't know what the word is, stamina to do really long-term mm-hmm. VR experiences. Yeah. So the kind of things I almost like are these things I do on Google Daydream and or, or Samsung Gear where it's like, hey, 
you're in a scene from Harry Potter for five minutes. It's more of a promotional tool than mm-hmm. anything. But that's what I kind of like enjoy from VR right now, at least. Um, and but I, you know, I don't have. I have. I'm a, I use a iPhone, so I can't use a phone with either of these things. Right. So hey, yeah, maybe a couple hundred dollars. I get a random standalone Google Daydream thing. I don't know if that would really be worth it, but it's interesting. It's intriguing. It, it definitely. It definitely. I think gets to a point where I think some people might reconsider. If it gets, if it's uh, wireless, you know, it would be wireless. It has the tracking, the room tracking, because it's uh, inside out. It has a bunch of sensors. Um, whereas, you know, the, the Vive currently, the one I have, you need these little satellite devices up in your room to track where you are. This eliminates a lot of these other extras and, uh, you know, expenses. And that makes it, I think, a, a, a little bit of a reboot for VR. Uh, depending on how well it works, how how pretty the games are, if it's if it's just as functional and supports all the same content, but we'll see. I mean, it is just cool that we are getting a standalone wireless VR. Device. Something it's something we always needed. It's something that always had to happen if this was really going to kind of get to where it needs to go. Uh, you can't connect it to your computer forever because unless it's going to be, you know, a wireless signal. But then, that, then at that point, why not just figure out the next step of really just making it self-contained? Um, Sonic Forces Custom Hero Trailer. I added this one because I think it's, I, and I said this to you, I think I said it on Twitter, it's indicative of, I, I think, of where so- Sega is at with its Sonic franchise. Uh, it has Sonic Mania coming out, which is like this throwback uh, made by a super fan of Sonic that looks like 16-bit Sonic games, um, and it's like a remix of all those. It looks really cool. And then there's Sonic Forces, which is the uh, a 3D side-scrolling Sonic I think aimed at either you know younger kids or the people on DeviantArt who make their own Sonic, you know OCs. I mean, yeah, there's always been this very strangely big community of people who like make their own Sonic characters. It's and now you can literally do that and play as them. And um, so I actually saw this uh, a while ago game? when I visited Sega. Th- this mode specifically, okay. where you can make a character, wasn't able to talk about it for a while for obvious reasons. But and it is really neat. It, it's you know I even messed around with the. the the character creator a bit and it's you know it's kind of fun you make your own character and the neat thing is there's there's basically three play modes in this game as opposed to sonic generations where you had like the modern sonic then you had like the classic sonic that played more like a gen like the genesis games and this like the whole shtick here is like you have this kind of grappling hook and you have a there's like some other thing you had it was a gun or something or another but or they has like a rocket jump for like a double jump or something like that. So it's not just like, oh, you're playing through those same levels as this character. They have their own levels. Huh. It's kind of, and it's like a part of like the campaign, right? Like you go between these three different play styles. So, and I, I think it's neat. I think it could be pretty fun. Yeah, I, it's, it definitely could still like be fun, but I just, I, I'm hesitant to get a lot of hope up for Sonic games that aren't. Sonic Mania. I don't know why I'm getting excited. I mean, I'll tell you what. All my all my hopes and dreams are really with Sonic Mania, ultimately. Right. But I think Sonic Forces is not going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be and, fun. And I don't necessarily... I, I think I mean... I probably sound dismissive, but I don't think it's a bad thing that Sega recognizes that there are these two different audiences of Sonic people, Sonic fans and that it's catering to the one uh, that, that is very obsessive about making their own characters and... Well... I don't know if catering is... I mean, there are those people. I don't think there's enough of them to sell a video game to. I think they recognize... It's more than other video that games, that though. Comes, it's more than, like, any yeah, other that, game franchise that, like, sure. that has this community that are all out there designing their own Sonic characters. But, I, you know, I think they realize that those people will like that, but I think they realize everybody will like it. Like, I, I right. never drew my own hurt. Sonic character, but when you make one, that's fun. That's a neat thing. It makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Okay, so it does both. It serves the one audience while also serving, you know, a broader audience as well at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it, it sort of shows this dichotomy uh, that I think uh, it's well, I, I was maybe a little bit more dramatic about it I when I it. said it was going to define the future of, of Sonic the Hedgehog. But both these things could continue to exist co- like at the same time. They're not going to one's not going to eliminate the other. Um, uh, although I will be, I think I still will be a little disappointed if Sonic Forces ends up ends up outselling Sonic Mania. Um, yeah, right. It, it will be interesting to see if like the, the the things I feel about Sonic Mania are just kind of something in my head and not maybe a wider thing. Like I hope it yeah, is. I just think there's a lot of kids, a lot of kids who grew up on Sonic now at this point who are, uh, you know, they prefer. 3D like Pixar style movies and they're going to prefer the 3D style art in a Sonic Forces kind of game um, and that's you know that's fine they don't, um, their kids fine. are allowed to mm-hmm. like what they like uh, they should like what I like because I was right I know, um, my generation had it all you better believe that's what my kid's going to be like she's going to like she's going to start with the NES well that never backfires yeah no of course <laughs> not <laughs> uh, finally Far Cry 5 is set in Montana and Ubisoft is revealing it on Friday so it's not cowboys. It's just it's like it's, it's not like Montana. old western. Uh, there are still cowboys in Montana at this point, is my understanding. Although I don't know if they deal with any. <laughs> it's my I don't know if they deal with We're any cows. Yeah, it. like, it's, it's far off. <laughs> yeah, <place>. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've never been there. I haven't done the research, Mike. I don't know Montana. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's we'll see. I'm still not feeling much about. This, I, I really. tell you what, though, come, bringing this series into America, I think has some cool implications about, especially modern day America. Um, has some cool implications about what they could do, what could, what the what the themes could be like. I, I guess so, but like one of like I get that in a way, but at the same time, one of the things that I thought the series had going for it was it's like kind of travelogue aspect, like oh, well, you know, in like Nepal this time. Or yeah, but I mean, they've definitely done that, and I think there is a. And I think this is especially true outside of America, but we're guilty of this inside America. We forget sometimes how big this country is, and we forget that it's not sure. it's not just New York City and L.A. and the desert of like Nevada or whatever. Uh, like, there's a lot going on in, in weird corners of this country. And Montana, like, you're probably not going to be in the part of Montana that has WalMarts. Like, you're probably not going to be like, <laughs> right. like instead of hunting, I'm going to go in the Walmart and like go buy all the you know the gear I need to make it to make something. No, you're going to be out in the mountains doing stuff, and there's going to be, you know, backwoods people that you're going to be fighting against. And it's going to, I think, it, I don't know, it could be cool. We'll see. We'll know more Friday. Yeah, um, I, yeah, we'll see. Okay, Mike, I think we should probably head into the break, and then mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and talk about Sony's E3. Um, Real quick, do you need to like take a real break? Isn't this need to be a, a little? Nah, I'm good. Let's do okay, it. Okay, cool. All right, we'll, all right, everybody. We will be right back after these messages from your boys, Mike and Jeff. I like that I've taken enough pee breaks now that you like asked me if I need I to wanna, go. Yeah, tell me, tell me. It's okay. Yeah, you can funny. tell me. Oh god. All right, Mike. I want to learn how to make no. video games real good. I want to do real good games. Oh, man. And I, I don't know how to do it. What should I do? You should go to our sponsors thingy that you know more about than I do. That, that sponsors thingy? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, am I excited about that sponsors thingy. Software.intel.com slash game dev. This is Intel's, basically their game developer resource page. This uh, uh, a program where they will help you make games by providing you uh, f- firsthand knowledge, 
about how to get the most from from P PC components, consoles, everything. Uh, they are a very they want to help you make the best game possible. Again, that's software.intel.com/gamedev. They're gonna make you make games good. The good games are gonna come from you after you go to Intel, Mike. Or is it, no, I, I'm the one making games this time, not you. Yeah, not, uh, remember I said I wasn't interested last Yeah, week. and you ruined, you ruined the whole fiction that we've set up. We've built this entire lore, and you just threw it out the, <laughs> the window. You threw it out the window like it meant nothing. Uh, the Decides universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, that, one more time, that's software.intel.com slash game dev. They're going to help you make the game good. I think that's they didn't. That's not in the copy. I've just decided that's going to be their uh, their motto: make the game good. You don't like it? No, no, I like it. I'm sorry, I read it. I didn't know that I disagreed with. <laughs> I'm multitasking. Right. I thought you couldn't see me. I didn't know my 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 face came. No, I can see you. No, good. And we're back. Oh, no. Hey. Music still. Oh, no. Ah. Ah. Well, yeah, good yeah. job. See, I messed it up. Okay. I mean, I love doing this podcast live. That's good stuff. Mike, Sony at E3. Are they just going to be a bunch of trailers over again, like just the last couple of years? Yeah, they'll probably have, they'll have some gameplay, like people on stage playing games. Uh, I think they found their, 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 their shtick. I don't think they're going to be talking about, like... Uh, was that like that wasn't last year? What was that year where they talked about their superhero TV show for too long? That was uh, 2013. That was um, yeah. That was like when they were like still kind of. Eh. They figured it out since that, then. Was that 2013? Because that was or was it 2014? It was one of the years. I think it might have been 2014. It was one of the years it where like had Microsoft done the same thing, Microsoft would have been like made fun of it nonstop. Uh, yeah, people did not. Yeah, people did not give them enough crap for that awful, yeah, very long. It was very, section. it was very glossed over. Uh, they'd be like, "Oh, like they care more about TV shows than video games," and this is for gamers. Um, yes, but okay. <laughs> that that aside, um, I, I'm still excited for Sony for a couple of games in particular. I think top of the line or top, you know, top of that roster is God of War, the reboot. Um, yeah. Do you think that? Do you, I mean? Do you think that has like Breath of the Wild potential in terms of redefining that series? Well, it's hard to say it's not as important a series, right? So it can't have quite as much potential in a, in some weird intrinsic way. But I think so. Like, I think it can in a way that this could be like the best God of War, and this could be the way that these games should be from now on. Right. Yeah. It's definitely super super smart instead of doing a God of War 4, like what they did with Gears of War, to just be like, this is going to just be something like real different, like in familiar in ways, but you know, it's just rethinking that whole series instead of being more shouting and what have you. And it's still violent and things like that. It just seems more thoughtful and cool and different and interesting. Yeah, I'm just, every everything I saw about that game last year just had me so excited. And the last thing I thought I was going to be excited about was a new God of War game. Yep, same. And I, that's kind of what has me uh, has me excited is that it came out of nowhere last year. And I mean, that's going to make it maybe a little bit more difficult to be surprising this year. But I have faith that that game could still pull it off. An another game that I'm excited about is Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I want to see what Sony's doing with this. Uh, there's, man, I like that Spider-Man 2, the movie, video game, whatever it was. Uh, again, that's another, like, PS2 era game. Uh, so a long time right. ago now. Uh, but it looks pretty, and it, and I'm, you know, I'm into Spider-Man. I want to see what they're going to be doing with this. Yeah. So, uh. It's a good, it's a good studio to be making. Yeah, it's Sucker Punch, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, they, they've made some great games, and especially that, uh. 
Wait a second. Was it Sucker Punch or was it the other ones? No, now? I can't remember. Uh, hang on. No, it wasn't Sucker Punch. It's uh, the uh, the other one. <laughs> Wait, so Sly Cooper makes Sucker Punch. Who's the one who made Infamous? It's the Infamous people, I think. I can't. No, that is Sucker Punch. Ah! Yeah, I was. I, I would. No, Insomniac. Insomniac. That's it. It's, it's Insomniac. Yes, it's, God, man, I can't keep all those studios straight. There's those three. But yeah, well, it was Naughty Dog was like one of them for a bit, and they completely can't went off of their own thing. Yeah, but Insomniac and Sucker Punch. Getting those two mixed up I, is not. I conflate uh, those two all the time. Yes, I, I, you're right. I used to conflate Naughty Dog as well with those, but now not anymore. So back when Naughty Dog was making like Jack and Daxter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, are there any? Sony PlayStation 4 games that stand out to you. I mean, I guess we could also maybe talk about what their show will be like, maybe in a broader sense, and how they sell well, PS4 Pro. Last of Us 2 is going to be a big deal. Yes. I know you're not quite as. I, uh, I don't dislike uh, Naughty Dog games. I they're just not. Um, they don't scratch a lot of the itches that I need scratch when I play uh, games. That's fine, but I think for a lot of people, this will be like the big game of E3. Mm -hmm. uh, last of Us One was a very big deal. No doubt. I think no a doubt. Lot of yeah. There's a lot of interest in this sequel, and you know, Naughty Dog's just done good stuff. But they also show a little bit of Uncharted: The Lost Legacy, not not too much. It is ultimately still a standalone expansion, but they'll show something of that. Yeah, and I'll I'll play both of those for sure. I'll play that new Uncharted. And then, uh, yeah, maybe more Death Stranding. We'll maybe actually see like what kind of well, game that's okay. actually going to be. You that, think? What do you think? This about should be. We should do our own section here, our, a separate section. Death Stranding, Shinmu Three, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Do any of these kind of games show up in any real way at Sony's booth on their stage? Real, real. Way. I mean, uh, I think I think we get updates on all of them. Uh, maybe not Shinmu three, uh, but Shinmu I think 3. there's a new Final, Final Fantasy. Probably, yeah, they got what, what, what do you think we're playing Final Fantasy seven remake? Fuck, if I know, man, maybe never. I, I mean, there is, have no I idea. I think there's a very strong chance still that that game never really comes out, but. Uh, man, 2020, maybe? I mean, what is it? It's 2017. It's not coming out this year. I think there's no way it comes out in 2018. Maybe 2019. I don't know. I think there's a way it comes out in 2018. Because it is episodic, right? That's true. And if it turns out an episode is like three okay. hours long. All right, you're right. So we're at least going to get one episode of that game. At least one episode. Probably like two or three. And then maybe it'll fall off. Although, you know, Square Enix just dropped uh, IO Interactive, who nailed episodic gaming. Why would they want to do that with Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake? I would actually not be too surprised if they end up... I don't know. It's hard to say because there's a good reason to do it, and there's a very good reason not to make yeah, it episodic. Oh, I, I bet they're having that debate inside of that publisher right now still. Right. But, okay. But we, we, that's probably a game we should talk about on its own, maybe in our own... Uh, sure. Maybe after E3, kind of catch up and talk about that game in a more deep way, especially if it doesn't show up. Uh, but for now, do you think that game, Death Stranding or Shinmu 3, kind of actually so shows up in a real way beyond having trailers, uh, like small little trailers that are just cinematics? It's hard to say, because Death Stranding, it's like how many more times can we have that game show up somewhere and just show like a, a trailer? And Hideo Kojima is one of the guys that can do many, that a lot. But as that, Hideo... Yeah, he could do it. Does in fact, he did it to death with poor Metal Gear Solid Four. Right. By the time that game came out, you like saw all of it. Uh, so yeah, that could just happen again. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that maybe Death Stranding, maybe he's on stage with a controller and someone's playing it. Maybe um, Shinmu Three, probably no way. And then, yeah, and then Final Fantasy Seven Remake. I think there's a good chance now it won't even be mentioned. So. How about Detroit and the Quantic Dream game? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, what, what are some? Okay, what are some other games that are like gonna maybe stand out? 
Well, God, stand out. Can Knack Two stand out? Is this like the big, the big sequel comeback story of our generation? No, it's 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 <laughs> no. no. It's it's one of the, the that Wii game that sold really well at launch and it got a sequel. Red uh, was it Red? Oh, it's Red Steel. It's Red Steel That's Steel a too. great analogy. Yeah. That always happens. Like what, there are there are a couple of franchises that are like that. Now I'm, not, I'm blanking on some of the other ones, uh, but Red Steel and Red Steel Two is the best, maybe the best example of how that happened. Blinks got a sequel. There's Blinks too, man. Man, Blinks, yeah. But was Blinks a launch game? I don't. I, okay, it was launch window. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't launch. It was launch window. Was we're, we're getting off topic. I, I okay. Is that where we are now, though? In in, in terms of Sony uh, PlayStation Four game. I mean, well, we have. I mean, we have these. We have enough heavy hitters that are guarantees. And then the question is, and that's the stuff that will be substantial. The question now is, what are like the big surprises? Because you know they're going to have. Some. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, real quick, they're going to ha- a lot of their time. Not a lot of their time. A significant portion of the time is going to be paid to their marketing sponsor, their marketing partners. So Destiny Two will be on Call stage. Duty. Call of Duty will be on stage. I think Star Wars Battlefront Two. I think it's their partner as well is going to be on the stage. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of those kinds of games. Uh, that, you know, depending on how the trailers come across, those could still be exciting. I mean, I remember being excited about the Infinite Warfare trailer last year. It looked really neat. Um, so, but, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to come down to, and Sony knows this better than anyone at this point, is those surprises. Um, what's left? I mean, like a, a first-party made Crash Bandicoot game well, or something? that might still be a year away, right? Because right? we still have the that, that trilogy right, still not out. happening. And that's going to be at the show in some yeah, way. I don't know it if comes out at, that comes out thing. after E3, right? The insane right. trilogy. So I don't know if that's an odd... Um, yeah, it's hard to say because like, they're, they're, they're very good about having everybody working on things right now. Right. You know, it's... Is it like... Um, I mean, it's like a PlayStation 1 reboot, like a Jet Moto or... I mean, yeah. Is it, can you bring those back? Right. It's, it's hard because, like, a lot of those series are either it's been too long now, right. or the, like the last one kind of ruined it a bit, like a Twisted Metal, right? right? Yeah, no, no way. You can't do a new no, Twisted Metal. No Twisted Metal. No one like you know you can't really do that. And Twisted right Metal now. is like one of their really big franchises that would have like had that impact, but not at this point anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it could be the place where third parties choose to debut their games. Mm-hmm. Like if there is a Final Fantasy 16, I think it's probably still too early for that. But if there, like, yeah, if, there, if it is, it would be, it would show up yes, here. totally. It's weird that it's too early for that because it used to be you would like they would talk about the next one. Yeah, they talk. I mean, like, they talked about before even the other one came. Yeah, out. Yeah, they talked about what fifteen, right? uh, you know, was originally announced as so thir- like versus thirteen like forever ago. Like, right. Yeah, and there was like four. But Final even like the main like number, like yeah, they they announced nine, ten, and eleven at the same time. So before right. Final Fantasy nine came out, we knew what Final Fantasy eleven. Man, was. that was such a weird time. Uh, yeah, me. it's not like that no, now. No way. And they even said, I think they even said that they wanted to see how Final Fantasy fifteen sold before they moved on with the series. Yeah. And it's so really yeah, well. So we're going to, we're going to get Yeah, that's one. totally going to be there. They're totally going to drill down into Final Fantasy now in a real serious way. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just trying to, trying to think about some other surprises. I, I, I mean, like the one like PlayStation-y thing that I can think of is like the, the you know, that eco series, but Last Guardian kind of was such a fiasco. Yeah, and, I mean, happening. and Ueda is not there anymore. Uh, not right. really. Uh, uh, some I think we not. could... S- we might see a Bloodborne too. I don't know how super exciting that is, but I think that'll that could be happening. Yeah, people people really like that series. I think you're right. I think that. Oh, excuse me. I think that does show up. Uh, something like that. That would be a, that would get a lot of people excited. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, is Little Big Planet done? People yeah. had enough of that. Yeah, what, I think I, I think that's done. I feel like that developer's working on like VR games now for them. I bet. Yeah. Is there going to be a lot of VR stuff? Is that going to really matter? At the I don't show? think there'll be a lot on the stage. No, uh, I think, I mean, 
they haven't replenished that stock very often for the PlayStation VR, and it's sold out, and people wanted it. Uh, but, you know, they have the Farpoint coming out right now, and I think after that, they don't. it doesn't seem like they have a ton in the pipeline after that. Maybe, they, maybe that means E3 is the time to reload, but I'm not sure. I think they probably aren't sure if they should be investing in it yeah. very heavily up to, at this point. Man, I'm... There's some really good PlayStation 1 games, but I'm not sure if any of them really... Right. No, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be... There might be a couple new things. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think... I, they might be, they're going to probably do something really out of left field, like having Shinmu 3, um, something like that, just kind of come out of nowhere, and um, uh, Death Stranding. Yeah. I, I, but, I mean, who's left to kind of do that stuff with? I, you need a name attached to it in some way to really get people excited. Right. Um, who knows? Maybe there's some of those people out there. Yeah. I think there's any chance that we see uh, Kingdom Hearts three in a big way at Sony's. I would like. I would like it at some point. That that Liz got to come off that game a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, like when they announced it, I figured it was a ways off. I didn't realize it was such a ways off. Yeah, and I it's it kind of at this point it feels like it's one of those games you would say, yeah, probably this year, probably this year for like several years in a row. And now it's, I guess, I guess, yeah, I could see that. And I could see that being a big deal and getting a lot of attention um, and kind of being one of the pillars that Sony uses as like the thing that's going to get the, it, you, it's going to be the thing that like Dan Shu, our old boss is going to share like reaction videos of, of like people like uh, watching yeah, E3 conference live and like crying, like, Oh, look how good kingdom hearts three looks and stuff. It has that potential. So maybe that is one of the games that they would try to get out there. Uh, whether or not Square Enix is ready, yeah, that's a different. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts Three is one of those games that there's like a, a, a fervor yes, around, exactly. right? People get, uh, and I'm one of them, so you know. I, no, yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah. I like, I love my. Kingdom I mean, you Hearts. got you, you all have terrible taste, but whatever. Yeah, I get it. So do well, I. You know. I eat spaghettios like nonstop, so don't judge me. Um, all right. Yeah, I. So I, I think okay. So beyond the games, does Sony have like a message about the PlayStation Four or PlayStation Four Pro? that it tries to convey at this E3 show. No, I think this is going to be pretty much an all-games-all-the-time affair this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think... Uh, I think they're going to be like, yeah, PlayStation 4 Pro. Every game will say enhanced for PlayStation right. 4 Pro. They'll say that. They might They might have a little bit on VR, um, but that, that seems more like something they would show off at the show itself and have people come and try. But Jeff, what about the Vita? <laughs> I, it's, not even, it's not even like a question. No, anymore, I know. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah, it's not. No I, I, I think a lot of GameStops are actually taking Vita games off the shelves. I've been uh, mm-hmm. I've been actually talking to GameStop about that, trying to figure out if like, it's like a corporate-wide thing or just certain GameStops are doing that. Uh, that system is very dead. Yeah, you're right. It's not not even a question anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 th- I agree with that. All games, all the time. Uh and nothing and no like no i think that's going to be the way that they actually counter like microsoft anything microsoft might do with project scorpio uh where that's going to be you know their equivalent of the playstation 4 pro but it's going to be even more powerful now microsoft is going to say oh we have the we have the bestest console now uh and and someone's gonna be like yeah well okay games we have all the games just like all of 2017 we've had all the games now at the c3 we have even more um you know choke on that or whatever uh, so yeah, I think that's their strategy, and you know it's worked for them before. It'll work this year. Cool, cool. That's gonna do it, everybody. That's gonna wrap up this this week's podcast. We're gonna be back next week, Mike. What the hell? I think like so. Net, we do a podcast next week. That's gonna be Nintendo, the 29th. 
Mm-hmm. On the fifth, we do There's one more. On the fifth, uh, yeah, on the fifth, we're we're gonna do a. Then we're in. Then we're in LA. Yeah, and then we're at E3. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna try to do some podcasts at E3. That's uh, something we're gonna have to like still kind of figure out how the schedules are gonna work. We're not a huge team, uh, but we'll figure it out. With me and Mike, maybe maybe at least once a night, we'll get together, maybe do a 20, 30 minute show, kind of catch mm-hmm. up, talk about the stuff, get it up on the site. But for now, we're gonna keep moving up. We're gonna keep talking about these games with Nintendo next week. Wrap up uh, the week after that. Then we're there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, if you want a chance to win a wireless NES Classic Edition controller. Email us with your NES memories at uh, gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com. And yeah, and we'll, we'll, we're going to pick some winners and we're going to get those that, that sent out to you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.